Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns insider Kellen Olson joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you. Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. That was good. I enjoyed that. I had to hear like that. that. Yeah, they, you, that was what last week when that made its debut, yes. and I was gone for the wedding. That was really <laughs> makes me sound extra dorky and anxious, which is a really impossible feat to do. No, I do embrace it. Also, always gamble. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I respect I, that. I mean, I respect that you embrace your your dorkiness. <laughs> no, I, I knew he was going to say that word specifically. I knew he was going to say right. Everybody's got a freak flag. You just got to fly it, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just just let it fly. It's it's okay. People are coming up to me and sounds gonna be like, oh, you were less goofy than I imagined. Like, no. <laughs> you look just about what I expected you to be. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Great. That's great. Kellen Olson joining us in studio here. And no, Gambo, he's not sitting in your chair, so you don't have to worry about that. He's in his customary position here in the studio. And um your let's just uh, the, the elephant in the room. It's not even so much an elephant, but your initial impressions from game one of the Kevin Durant era. Yeah. Yeah, it it was a game that you didn't want to take too much from, obviously, because of the way that Charlotte, uh, their season has gone, and even the, the guys that they were missing on top of that. So it was more about just seeing the pieces out there. And the first thing that stood out to me, we knew it was going to be dual seven-footers with Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton, but seeing them out there and seeing them move defensively, like they're a big team now. I remember... After the finals, there was this call for upgrading the four spot, looking for someone like Jay Crowder. A lot of the names that were coming out were guys that were like 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", because people looked at rebounding as a big issue after that finals. And I think rebounding is going to be maybe not a strength for this team, but it's going to be less of a weakness for them. But more so, they're just a, they had lineups out there where like TJ Warren was playing the three and they were just huge. And we see so many teams now, like they're going to play Chicago, like they play Pat Williams at the four. You think about size wise, I guess Milwaukee comes to mind with Robin Lopez and Giannis in their front courts, or, or Brooke Lopez, excuse me, but outside of that, man, like they're, they're just a really big team now, and it's going to help them specifically on defense. Yeah, I mean, we saw him just, just because of his... The thing about Kevin Durant defensively is he's, he's long, right? He's smart, and he doesn't move his feet very well, because he's an older player. He doesn't move his feet great, because uh, he's had surgeries on him and everything, but he's 6'10", and he's very long, so that, that length gives him the ability, and he's a smart defender. Like He knows where to be and what to do, we, you know, we saw him impact that game a little bit defensively yesterday, especially inside when Williams took the ball at him, and he could play the five. You know, he could play the five. So, you know, there is a lot to like. You know, it, it's tough to lose Mikael Bridges as your primary on the ball defender, um, but you, you know, you're bringing back a player in Kevin Durant that is not just an offensive guy; he could play defense. I'm really excited to see the matchups coming up. I know that Chicago on Friday they're not really that great of a team on paper, but they've been a really good defensive team this year. And then you look at the one-two of DeRozan and Levine. You look through the past couple of years that the teams are looking at like, okay, Mikel's going to guard one of those guys, and then it's going to be Jay or Cam are going to take the other guy. It's like, okay, Josh Okogi is going to take one of those guys, but who's going to, like, is Devin Booker going to guard Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan? Is Kevin Durant going to take one of those matchups? We didn't really get
get to see that with Charlotte, of course, because of their their lack of talent overall. But then especially against Dallas, it's like, okay, is, is Devin Booker going to guard Luka? Like, or who's going to guard? Because we know Kogi's going to be on, on Kyrie Irving. Like, how does it go from there? Do you hide Chris Paul on someone? There's a lot from a matchup perspective that I'm really excited to see with everything we talked about there that could wind up helping them ultimately in the end. Gambo, I don't want to steal your schedule question because I, I, I don't want to assume that no, you've please got do. one. No, please but do. I, I know that that was one of the things we talked about in the first hour of the show is, is that Charlotte probably about the softest landing spot you could have chosen if you're the Phoenix Suns with a couple of exceptions maybe it's going to get different maybe not so much with Chicago but you look at the last 19 games of the season there aren't a whole lot of Charlotte Hornets left I mean they're not all great but there are not very many of them that are that bad and so you really do start looking ahead in terms of true tests and how this is going to work there are a bunch that are coming up for this team aren't there I think it's a great thing too to be clear I know some people will look at the schedule and the standings and be a little trepidatious and wonder like, oh man, if this doesn't go so well, if they need some time to gel, will they fall to five or six? I wouldn't be worried about that at all. I would be more focused on how much better they're going to get because of the schedule. Not to keep comparing it to the last year or two, but whenever a game finishes, there's like 30 seconds left or whatever, I'll walk down and then I'll go in the press conference room and plug in my recorder. And I remember there were some games like this one against Charlotte where I'd plug in my recorder and I was like, they didn't get better from that game. They just won by 15 against the 25-win Thunder and they just they didn't get better. And I kept looking at them over the course of the season, something we talked about during the 64 win year especially was, okay, the teams that win the championship, they get better as the year goes on. Now, the Warriors did a really rare version of it where they just did it during the playoffs, which was which was crazy, but you look at Boston last year, for example, like you look at where they were halfway through the year, but how much they improved drastically. I think teams that win championships need to improve over the course of the year, and this schedule offers a ton of opportunities for them to improve, because we're not going to keep go- coming to this office and saying, like, oh, well, like they didn't learn anything from that game like the Charlotte game where like you can't really take much away from that except how they were using Duran how it looked on the floor but in terms of how they can improve and get better the schedule offers just so many opportunities for that and I think it's really exciting yeah I mean listen they got you know beat up by Boston you know last year when he when he was with the Nets and you know and he had some struggles in that series he had some real struggles especially shooting a three and he got to the line quite a bit I mean he did get to the line a whole lot but he didn't play his best basketball in that series it does that's why I want to see. I want to see what happens when they play teams that can defend, when they play teams like the Clippers who can defend or the Denver Nuggets who can defend and, you know, teams like that, you know, Milwaukee. You know, there are good teams out there that, you know, have the ability to defend because they've got, you know, you saw your team last night that had four kids 22 and under. Like, that's, you know, that was a great landing spot for them. That's not a, that's a terrible, terrible basketball team. So I, I'm a big fan of, you know, schedules. Schedules matter. And that's why I'm really looking forward to the, the remainder of the schedule because there are aren't many games like the Charlotte game left. I mean, Brinsey counted it. There were only like two or three. There's going to be a lot of good tests for Kevin Durant with the Phoenix Suns going forward. Yeah, and I think it's about how they use those games, Gambo, to improve from there and then just just get to the postseason off of that improvement because one of the, the, the pedigree of this team, specifically Durant's though, is pretty crazy in the postseason. I know a lot of people, you just brought up one of his failures, for example. That was one of the rare runs, rare ones over the course of his career and I kind of looked back for nuggets throughout his career and one of them that I know notice is that nearly every time he stayed fully healthy through a postseason, the team that he lost to wound up winning the title. In 2010, he lost to the Lakers in the first round. They won a title. Lost in 2011 to the Mavs in the West Conference Finals. They won the title. Lost to the Heat in the Finals in 2012, the following year. One of the rare missteps was losing against the Grizzlies in a West Conference Finals exit for, for the Grizzlies, but then after that, they lose to the Spurs. The Spurs win the title. 
Wow. The Warriors. They lose to the Warriors. Of course, that's when he jumps ship. He wins two titles with them. They lose to the Bucks. You remember the foot on the line game? Mm-hmm. That was the same year the Suns and the Bucks played, and the mm-hmm. Bucks won it. Like he's been the he's been a low like the low key final boss of of the NBA without people really you get past me. You're going to win, sort of thing. Yeah, it's a lot. happened more often than not. And and to me, the pedigree that he has in those types of games and facing that quality of competition, Booker has it, Paul has it, Aiden has it. Like that that part is fine. Like they don't need it for that, but they need it in season to kind of grow and get some chemistry going. The the, the nugget that you dropped last night on Twitter and then you included in your story on ArizonaSports.com, and I agree with both of you for the record, there, there's very little outside of functionality that we can take out of last night's game, you know, how it worked. And there's not much you can take in terms of what it means big picture. But the, the thing I took away more than anything, for the 12 minutes and 15 seconds of game time, KD was on the floor without Booker. Kevin Durant was 7 of 9 for 16 points, and the Suns were a plus 12. That, to me, now, look, I'm excited about Booker and Durant on the floor at the same time. But, (laughs) dot, 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 that's because that's Chris Paul stuff, right? That's two years ago, Booker sitting at the beginning of the second, the beginning of the fourth, but you're good because Chris is out there with the second unit. It's functioning. It's working. That got a little sideways on them this year. This wasn't that, to me, is the real hidden benefit of no Devin Booker. You got Kevin Durant out there. You're going to be great. You're going to be fine. It's a number I'm going to be keeping an eye on the rest of the regular season, and it really channels and, and hammers home something I've been talking about a lot, which is there are concerns about the depth right now, and I understand why. Like, I understand it. It's clear. But if their four best players play to their capability and they play the level of basketball they're supposed to, they're going to win a championship. It's that simple. Because did it matter who was out there when Kevin Durant was shooting unguardable pull-up jumpers in the fourth quarter to kind of single-handedly revive the offense after it stunk up the joint for the last three minutes because the reserves were out there? No, it didn't matter who was out there with him. They just need to do their job defensively in all, in all the other areas, which they did. And so then they, they cruised in that fourth quarter. Could have gotten pretty dicey there if you imagine back pre-Durant where we're looking, okay, the like campaign's got three minutes here to really help kind of get, can they get to the eight-minute mark before Booker comes in? Remember talking about that all the time? It's like how far, DeAndre, same thing. Like in the playoffs two years ago, it was DeAndre would go to the bench 90 seconds in, they got three offensive years. You're like, man, like DeAndre's got to get back in there already. Like they just can't that doesn't really exist now because they have four of these super high level players now and Durant can come into these segments and just if, again, 7 of 9, 16 points in 12 minutes. He knew that was his time to cook a bit and it's it just makes them such a dangerous team and it's why for the depth, yes, it's a concern but if those four guys play to their ability, they're going to win the title. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we got a topic coming up just about Chris because I think Chris has to play better than that and there should be some concerns with the, with the way Chris's play. But the bottom line to me is I, I think they need more than just Durant and Booker. I don't think you know that if everybody else is just playing mediocre or below average and Booker and Durant play really well, I don't think it's enough. I, I think they would need more than that in order to win it. And you look at the way that Aiden got his points last night specifically. Most of it was just off of the extra attention coming towards Booker and Durant. So I feel like DeAndre's is just going to come through his role, but Chris is really the big on Gamble. I completely agree where his individual performance and, and how he's looking physically is going to be a big thing here in the closing stretch. All right, Kellen, good stuff. As always, we look forward to reading your stuff on ArizonaSports.com. Embrace your dorkiness. Embrace it. It's all good. We love it. We good basketball it. team. Good basketball team. <laughs> we embrace it. We do embrace it. 
embrace it. We love it. We love Kellen for stopping by. Kellen Olson, our son's guru from ArizonaSports.com, joining us in studio for his weekly segment. When we come back, it's not all positive rainbows or reviews, I should say, for the new Cardinals head coach, one of his former players. Not happy with him. We'll share it with you next on the Burns and Gambo Show.